0: Welcome back to the Talk Too Much podcast, episode number 37. I am the host, Mr. Cena Palavon. This week was a very special episode because we had our first professional athlete, technically, on the show. Uh, Coach Eric was on it before, but Mr. CJ, was, uh, C.J. Watson was a former NBA player and is now currently an angel investor, and he does release children's books every year. Um, I really enjoyed this interview and I really, really uh, will remember this experience as my first you know, professional athlete guest because Mr. CJ is a very genuine dude. Um, number one, he's an angel investor, so he, he diversifies his uh, investment portfolio amongst businesses led by people he believes in. Many people just invest in anything that can make him a quick buck. But I think Mr. CJ's investment thesis is a little bit different than others. He wants to genuinely give people an opportunity, a platform. He wants to invest in people. I'm sure he wants to make a return on his money, but the moral compass that's driving him is he wants to invest in people he believes in that are, that are actually going to make a change in the world and that are actually, you know, working hard for a good cause, serious people on their grind. Um... And that's what I really enjoyed about uh, about talking to him is he's a very smart investor and he doesn't just, you know, do anything with his money. Uh, the main point I got from this is he was telling me how he learned a lot coming in the league. Um, you know, no one tells you what to do with your money when you make that much money. And Mr. CJ had to go through the trials and tribulations of the league as a young guy to learn the system, to learn... Uh, about credit and about all these things. We delved into legacy financial institution applications. Um, we delved into his angel investing, but we, we of course, a lot of this episode was on his NBA career. As many of you may know, I'm a, uh, NBA is my religion. Basketball has been my religion growing up. So that's why, as a Bulls fan, this interview was beyond special to me. Um, I was able to ask Him, how it was like backing up my favorite player in his prime, Derrick Rose. I was able to ask how it was like playing with a rookie, Steph Curry, you know, the best point guard of all time, the best shooter of all time, and you got to play with him as a rookie. Unreal. I asked him about, you know, guys like Russell Westbrook. You know, this man gave me his thoughts on the league, on who's going to win the MVP, who's going to win the NBA championship. So, if you guys want to know who's going to win the NBA championship, you know, if you guys want to have some season awards predictions, uh, you're going to hear it straight from an NBA player. So without further much ado, let's get into the show. Talk too much. Uh, number 37. I screwed that one up, didn't I? Yes, I did. I'll see you guys there. How's it going, boss? Do you hear me? Yeah, hey, can you hear me? Yes, sir. How's it going, boss? Very nice to meet you. Doing good. Nice to meet you, too. Um, So I'm going to jump right into this. I don't want to waste your time. It's I'm very happy you're here. Uh, it's very nice to meet you. I grew up a Bulls fan. I actually grew up watching you play, so it's actually <laughs> kind of crazy that we're doing this. Um, no lie, I know... So I want to actually... I want to really touch on finance and, uh, you know, my network, I feel like this would be a great value episode coming from someone like yourself uh, on investments in finance, but I am a, a diehard Hoop fan, so I will have yeah. questions at the end. All right. It's all good. Um, so if you could please tell my uh, audience, because actually, it's funny, your mom yelled at me growing up when I was at, at yeah, yeah. In, in the in the reg center. So if you could please tell everybody um, who you are um, and your background, please, just to start this off.
1: Uh, my name is cj watson uh, born and raised here in las vegas nevada um, went to the university of tennessee played in the nba for 10 years uh, played overseas for two years now uh, i write children's books uh, just finished my third one and i uh, also have a foundation which uh, we we um uh have resources to help kids in, in the inner city uh, areas where i grew up and also i'm an angel investor uh entrepreneur and you know just uh, uh girl dad <laughs>
0: So I actually want to get through, get touch on a little bit of all of that. So let's start off with your children's books. Um, I know you have two of them, CJ's Big Project and CJ's Big Moment. If you could please tell us what the concept behind these books are really quickly. And then if you could please touch, if you, if it's possible, your third one, a little bit about that as well.
1: Uh, uh, so the first one is called CJ's Big Dream. Uh, it's oh, big basically dreams. about uh, CJ, uh, the character, uh, wanting to get to the NBA, wanting to, to you know make it to that that uh, accomplished level and um, growing up, he he lives in the inner city, but he goes to a private school, which is in a, a more affluent area. So he sees, you know, um, you know, big houses, things of that nature, which uh, always um, kind of keeps his keeps his hopes and dreams up. And uh, he eventually, you know, makes it to the NBA by working hard, by putting in the hard work, being dedicated, and uh, eventually, like I said, makes it to the NBA. And he's very proud of himself. And you know, and then that kind of goes into the second book, which is about CJ's big project which is about all about education my um, parents are big about education in our household and just trying to teach kids and the education is key that we can't you know skip over the little things and um, making sure that ed- education is is very important and kids you know know that they can't do anything without reading and writing and those those sorts of things
0: so um, I really love that really quickly what high school did you did you go to Bishop foreman yeah, mind. I went to
1: Bishop Gorman, yeah.
0: Okay, so in terms of education it is key, <clears throat> delve a little bit more in, into that. I think that's a, that's a very important concept that I took note of. Do you think that uh, for our younger generations growing up, education should be more emphasized um, in grades K through 12? And what do you think of collegiate education in this country? Do you think that we should emphasize that as well more?
1: I think, you know, any education is good. I think, you know, I think growing up, um, obviously looking back on it now, Uh, A lot of things that I learned in high school, middle school, I pretty much really don't use that much. (laughs) I'm sure a lot of people maybe can say the same thing, but I would say just any kind of education is good. I I would want more like financial literacy to be taught in schools or things about credit, things of that nature, because as adults, you'll use that that stuff more. Uh, I think we should be learning about that, you know, as kids, as and that can help propel us into into our adulthood, and we want to be. Um, in debt or you know have all these student loans and things of that nature uh, whatever the case may be but uh, I just think that those are better uh, you know advocates of of learning and uh, if we can learn those things at 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 an earlier age we'll be better off as a country.
0: So why and I 100% agree with that why don't you think what's your opinion on this why do you think that they don't teach us about credit because you said credit and that really stuck out to me because I feel like you just nailed it perfectly. A lot of people that shouldn't even be in holes find themselves in holes because they didn't learn about credit specifically when they were younger. So, mm. what um, what's your why do you think that they don't teach credit in our schooling system? Uh, I'm not
1: sure. I don't actually know the answer. I would, like I said, I would like for it to be done. Um, I wish I knew the answers because I, you know, definitely would try and pass it on. (laughs) But uh, I definitely uh, think it's something that should be should be taught and learned. Uh, Like I said, we wouldn't be a lot of people wouldn't be in debt. A lot of people won't be in the holes that are in and, you know, trying to crawl out. And like I said, I think our economy would be better uh, and the country and the world would be better, better place for it.
0: So you said that you're also an angel investor. If I could really get into that for a little bit, um, what, what do you mean by you're an angel investor and what are some things that you invested? Uh,
1: angel investing is pretty much just uh, investing in other people's startups, other people's ideas, uh, and uh, partnering with other people. Uh, so I invested in, in a couple of companies, uh, 12, I've invested in 17 companies in the last two years. Um, them the more known ones I feel like people would know is like Turo, Zenwater, um, Theragun, which is called TheraBody now. Um, and then some smaller ones, uh, which I thought, you know, could be could be big one day, a couple of fitness um, startups. And for me, I just invest in people. I like investing in people and uh, not not necessarily so much in the product. Uh, I, obviously, I want to make money, but I definitely want to um, invest in people who, who want to create change in the world and whose product might, might create that change.
0: So, and, and I, I love how you touched on that. I actually wanted to go a little bit more in depth on that. What exactly, You know, as you just said, people is the foundation for what you look for. What exactly do you look for in these people that would make you want to invest in them?
1: Just smart people, just people who know what they're talking about, people who, you know, aren't uh, you know trying to sell a dream, people who aren't mostly always concerned about money because uh, money can come and go, I feel like. Um, but uh, I think the people are, are what, you know rule this world who which, what makes the world go round and they will eventually you know create change and, and demand change and that's what's uh you know for me that's what that's what I look for
0: i i I love that too that's yeah. actually kind of why um I've personally been more I invest in crypto mainly um and that's mm-hmm. actually what I wanted to ask you about but that's really why I kind of have fallen in love with this community because it's more about there's no like uh everybody's solid in this community yeah. everybody's real so it's decentralized in a way no pun intended right. so what, what is your opinion on on the crypto market versus the stock market the old legacy finance financial institutions
1: um honestly i don't really know much about crypto i never really understood it i never really i guess got a had a sense or or eager to learn more about crypto Interesting. okay uh, so i for me that's you know maybe that's something that i, I don't need to get involved in <laughs> so if, um I feel like if I if I have a knack for it, if I want to learn more, then I'll definitely learn more. But for me, like crypto, like Dogecoin, like all that kind of stuff, I don't. No, really I agree
0: don't. with that.
1: I don't I, know a lot about it, but I just, I mean, I, I might, I might invest into it. I don't know because it's crazy right now. But uh, for right now, I just don't know a lot, and I don't want to learn more about it. So it's just something that's not really interesting to me, I guess.
0: I uh, I don't I definitely am not a, a fan of Dogecoin or stuff like that. I'm more I'm on your kind of mindset in the sense of. I like investing in the people and the protocols, certain ones specifically. I'm not all over the place. Um, So in terms of, I want to touch more on on the angel investing part and on on your opinions on this. Um, In terms of the stock market, what do you see in companies that, you know, known companies right now in the stock market? What do you see of this market going forward? And as I said, I feel like this world kind of needs to make that switch in mindset to, I don't know if you saw this, but Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger uh, were on Twitter yesterday. There was a video that kind of went viral about Charlie Munger's disgust for Bitcoin, which is fine. But the reasoning for it was was what was hilarious to me, just because he said that it's more of a, it's a disgusting because it's kind of goes against the people. But this is someone that's mm-hmm. kind of like running a monarchy in a sense. So right. a financial monarchy. So what is your yeah. opinion on on these financial, on the stock market in itself going forward? Do you see it as... A fair market for the people uh that will stay like that or do you think it's gonna be more and more corrupt
1: uh for me i i never honestly liked the stock market um i never was a big fan of it um my financial advisor when i first got into the nba always wanted me to uh put money into the stock market and stuff like that and and start an account but i just never never did until like my fourth or fifth year until i learned more about it and obviously saw that you can you know make money all that kind of stuff but you know, I think it's it's, it's always going to be kind of like big money takes little money. It's always going to be those big companies who, who gain a lot of gain a lot of wealth and uh, and stuff like that. And I feel like, you know, if it's not something that everyone can invest in, even your normal, uh, you know, middle age uh, or middle middle level, uh, low wage person can invest in. then I, I don't think it's fair for, you know, all these companies to be making big money off of, off of things like that.
0: And I want to you mentioned your financial advisor. <clears throat> so when you got into the MBA, um. Did you always have a financial advisor or did as your career progressed, did you become more and more adept about money?
1: Uh, I always I didn't have one my first year, my second year, I think I started interviewing people and then I uh, got a financial advisor. But as I even when I had one, I always was reading books. Um, um, doing certain internships and uh, seminars and things of that nature to learn more about money and just to make sure that what he was telling me was the truth because uh, I mean he could have been telling me anything and you know uh, he could have been lying to me or whatever but I just make sure I, I knew what I was what I understood and uh, making sure people can explain it to me in simple terms that the way I understand it in case I needed to explain it to someone else.
0: And so when you got to the league, you you played with the the Warriors for three years. And I would just like to touch on this time. And, and you know, Steph and D. Rose are two of my favorite players. So I just want to yeah. know, how was how was it playing with a, a young Steph Curry, you know, at this point, you know, just to come into the league to play with that kind of talent? Did you think that he would be this good when you first, like, ran into him? I mean,
1: I don't think anyone can sit here and say, like, you know, Steph could have been the Steph that we know now that. Changed the game of basketball that little kids, you know, shooting half-court shots because of because of Steph. Uh, but I, I think he definitely had the, the characteristics in him. He definitely put in the hard work. I, mean, I only had to only got to play with him for a year, or so um, and that was his rookie year. So he was still in the learning process and learning a lot of things, you know, throughout um, his his career, or whatever. But I think, uh, like I said, he definitely had those characteristics. He stayed in the gym early, uh, stayed late at night. Uh, he always put the work in, and and obviously, you know, you see type of player he is now you know carrying a, a team that doesn't have all his players healthy and uh he's still you know making a push for the playoffs
0: um, and we're going to get to that in a sec but how was your your stint in golden State to get into the league if you don't mind me asking
1: it was fun for me i was they they were the ones that gave me my first shot and i learned a lot about you know basketball the business of basketball and then just playing uh the fast place that don nelson had his plan i think it was fun it was a perfect situation for me because that's the type of basketball I wanted to play—fast-paced basketball—and we were just out there, you know, just having fun and hooping.
0: Did you play with Matt Barnes and Stephen Jackson too?
1: Uh, yeah, I played with Matt Barnes. Yep, Stephen Jackson, that's Baron dope. Davis, Monte Ellis, Al Harrington.
0: So was that was the did you play on the year that you guys that were the Warriors knocked out the Mavericks in the first round or no?
1: No, I came the year
0: after. Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah, yeah. I thought so because that was in two thousand six, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, what happened after the Warriors? You went to my my team, the the Bulls. How was that? Mm-hmm. If, you could, if you could go into that,
1: it was fun. We uh, it was a team that no one expected us to to be as good as we were. I think yeah they, they were ranked us in like tenth or eleventh in the playoffs, whatever. But in two thousand ten, in two thousand ten, yeah, we didn't we weren't even like you know pitcher to to be in the playoff pitcher or whatever. But you know, uh, with the new coach coming in, Tibbs, he had a lot to prove. Uh, he was a coach who had us always prepared. I think uh if you ask any of my teammates they would say practice was harder than games and that's what made it easiest for us because we uh, we went so hard in practice that when we got to the game it was it was kind of like nothing it was like you know we were more dreading practice than we were the game so
0: it was it was, that, uh, it was a good thing do you think that's why the knicks are doing so well right now because they're the four seed in the east yeah for sure it's, it's definitely a lot you know a lot to do with tiz but you know a lot to do with the
1: players also they bought into his system and they have great players over there you know uh randall they have uh D Rose playing well, you know, all the players are playing well, they got shooters around. So I think they're going to make some, uh, make some noise in the playoffs.
0: So, and D Rose, you mentioned D Rose, you were playing with him in 2010 year, his MVP year. Um, How was playing with MVP D Rose, you know, the youngest MVP ever a guy that won the MVP award over LeBron James at 22. How was that year? Exactly.
1: It was a fun year, man. I'd seen a a lot. I've seen a lot of players that, you know, top players in this league and run from D Rose who, you know who I who I thought you know were were pretty good players and they just didn't want to guard him that year and uh it was it was it was fun to see just the things that he was doing the athleticism the speed uh the strength you know and as uh, as the year kept going on his his jump shot got better and better his three point shot got better so he, he was a uh, definitely you know case to be the MVP and we were the number one team in the league so uh,
0: was he not? that was he that unguardable that year like was he that was he like all the hype that people were saying was it really true.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you just go look at the highlights, and then will tell you everything. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> it was I mean, crazy. I mean,
1: yeah, you don't have to, you know, ask anyone. Just look at the highlights and see like how explosive he was, the things he was doing. Like, in know, and it was a perfect situation because Tibbs' offense was was catered to point guards. Uh, it was all pick and rolls. So D Rose could split the pick and roll. He could go go under. He could shoot the ball. So there was just so many options that we had.
0: So you guys, you know, that was honestly, I really believed in us that year. What happened? Why? Do, why do you think we the bulls didn't get to the finals that year
1: i think just in the playoffs you know we met and ran into lebron in the heat uh i think that was, that was just the only thing i think uh, our offense got kind of stagnant in the playoffs we weren't scoring as much as we were maybe the the regular season our defense was there it's just our offense we couldn't really score in the in the, in the playoffs the fourth Why? quarter when we needed the most uh, i'm not sure you know uh maybe like i said they were packing the paint maybe uh maybe they were you know obviously every team scouts them the playoffs but i'm not exactly sure i think uh even even the thing the games we lost in the heat we weren't never got blown out. It was always like a one one or two possession game, so it was close to the end. So it wasn't really a big issue about the scoring. It was just we couldn't score at the right time, I guess.
0: And how was it going up against you know LeBron James in those playoff series? And I know now he's much older and much more experienced than he was back then. But how was it going up against the man back then?
1: It was fun, you know. It was kind of the same. I, I think his jump shot is definitely better now as he got older. um Obviously, he's way more he was way more explosive in Miami. Uh, and you know, and D-, D Wade was, you know, he had a big, big help, and Chris Bosh. So they had a, they had a great team to to be able to, you know, and to win some championships and and overcome a lot of stuff.
0: So after Chicago, um, did you go to Brooklyn? I believe. Yeah, Brooklyn. Yep. So how was your experience in Brooklyn?
1: It was fun. Uh, I never, you know, imagined playing in New York, but it was definitely fun uh, going to a new team in a new city. Uh, definitely the hype was there for us to to do well and go deep into the playoffs. Um, did you guys go deep playing- that year? No, we lost in the first round to, to, to the Bulls in six games, seven games, one of them two. Um, but it was it was definitely fun with player, playing with players like D. Will and uh, Joe Johnson, Brooke Lopez, things of that nature.
0: So how how exactly how was number one playing with Darren Williams? Was he did he still have was he still at his height when you were with him? And how was it losing to your your Chicago Bulls that year too?
1: Uh, Well, number one, it was terrible losing to the Bulls that year. (laughs) I I wanted to beat him pretty bad. Uh, But, you know, obviously that didn't work out. But it was definitely uh, fun playing with D. Will. I always thought he was one of the best point guards in the league. Uh, Just his strength, uh, shooting ability, speed, all that kind of stuff, passing. And uh, I think he had a couple injuries that year, but he was still, you know, still uh, a big time player in my eyes.
0: And you also ended up playing with uh, Orlando in Indiana, correct? Mm -hmm. So how was the, to finish off about your career, how was your experience in Indiana? I know you played there for three years, right? Uh, Two years. Two years.
1: Yeah, it was fun. Uh, We had, uh, we went to the Eastern Conference Finals uh, that first year and we lost to LeBron in the heat again. Uh, So it was tough losing to LeBron twice, but I think uh, that team was definitely full of a lot of young players, a young PG, a young Lance, uh, veterans like D-West and Roy, so. It was good playing with those guys, just to, you know, in, in uh playing in another city and, and being able just to uh, see another city and, and travel the world.
0: All right, so I'm gonna fire off some quick uh, fan questions really quickly that I came up with. So you just yeah. before we get into this, you said you played with Young PG. Who was better, Young PG or that Young D Rose? Those two years you played with them in their primes, because PG, I know D Rose won MVP, but PG did go up against Braun pretty well. That was pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, he did, but he wasn't MVP. That's,
0: that's. <laughs> so, so you got D Rose. So I, I would,
1: I would definitely go with D Rose.
0: <laughs> okay, and you, you do keep up with basketball currently, right? Yeah. Um. So, what do you think of this year? Uh, who wins MVP and why? Because this, there's been a lot of arguments recently.
1: I think it's a it's a toss up, man. It's a a lot of options you can go. Okay. I would have to say, uh, uh, uh Jokic from Denver. Uh, just the way he's carrying his team uh, and just for a big man. A big, big man these days are, are pretty rare. You know, they're kind of like unicorns, I guess. Um, but the way he's scoring, the way he's passing the ball, he, he can be the point guard. He can play one, three, five pretty much, and he shoots the three. Uh, so I would I would have to go with him for now. And Denver's, you know, in a pretty good position, you know, top four or five, I think, in the in the, in the West. So
0: Three, I think, right now, yeah. Okay. So do you think that if – who are you taking on your team, fully healthy, him or Joel Embiid? Um, I
1: would say uh, I would take I would take Jokic for now. Really? Okay. Uh, I, I like Embiid though. I like what he brings to the table. Um, uh, but I just think uh for my for me I like moving and passing. Joe uh, Embiid is more of like an isolation player, um, and pick and pop kind of guy. But um, I think you know you can't you can't go wrong with either one
0: so what about from mvp i want to transition to uh before we get to the championship you mentioned steph curry earlier i think he's also a a toss-up for mvp i'll put him two or three i actually had Jokic as well just because you know he's averaging 26 10 Mm -hmm. almost 11 and 9 on 40 50 80 shooting that's pretty crazy bro no one's even mentioning that but Mm -hmm. steph curry man also my personal favorite player him and d rose my two favorite players in the league what do you think about him this season um I've, I mean, I've, I've love watching him play. I've, I think it's kind of sad that they're not in the playoffs. I wish he had a little mm-hmm. bit more help.
1: Yeah, I think uh, he's doing well. I mean, just the way he shoots the ball, just the way he moves it off the ball, he draws so much attention, you know, just for himself, that he gets other players wide open shots and things of that nature. And he still can make contested shots. He can still, you know, shoot from the logo, all that kind of stuff. So he's definitely carrying a team
0: without, without Clay and without some other people that they have. But I think he's definitely doing his part. Do you think he's the, the best point guard in the league, or would you rather? Because Russell Westbrook, I think, is also – he needs to get his flowers because he's really putting on yeah. this year. And Damian Lillard is a guy I always thought has been as, just as good as Steph that no one's really giving yeah. him credit for. So do you yeah. think that Steph is still the best point guard in the league?
1: Yeah, if he's not the best, you know, he's top five or whatever. Uh, you know, you got Kyrie. Like you said, you got Russ. You got Dame. There's so many uh, great point guards in this league, and I think the point guard position is – it's super tough because you can't. I don't think there's a point guard. There's a night in the NBA where you can really relax and be like, Oh, I can take a break tonight. Cause there's always these young point guards coming up, like the Aaron Fox, who is a great player, who's gonna be great too. You know, he's good, it's gonna take some time, but he's definitely getting better and better every season, every year. He's adding something to his game. And uh the point guard position is just so tough.
0: So a couple more questions. Um, so number one, who do you got winning the championship this year? I know the Brooklyn Nets are a loaded team, but mm-hmm. they're wishy-washy with their appearances on the court. <laughs> Same with yeah. the Lakers. Uh, who do you got? I like Brooklyn. Um, <laughs> um, I, like, uh,
1: I like the Lakers too when they're healthy. I don't know if they'll uh, even make it that far this year, but I think uh, I think either I would have to just go with Brooklyn because I like KD. He's a He's tough to guard, man, especially when you have two other players out there who have been former MVPs. You got Blake Griffin out there playing well, Jeff Green playing well, and um, there's so much talent on that roster, I think, you know, how can you not deny it? It's just kind of just up to them now to to get to that point and, and raise
0: the trophy. So what about Braun? What about Braun And Drummond and AD are probably the two best big duo I've, I've seen in my lifetime, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so too, but it's a, I feel like it's a small man's game now. It's a, it's a guard's game, and Uh, I mean, if you're going to have, if you're going to play Lakers playing the Nets in the championship and you switch drumming on KD, uh, I'll I'll take my chances with KD. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Okay, that's fair, that's fair. I agree with that. So I want to ask you two more questions. And number one, I really want to get your opinion on this because I've been, I've been arguing with some friends. For the next 10 years, you're the GM and you get one point guard. Who do you take Mm -hmm. out of these two? John Morant or LaMelo? You have to choose one.
1: Uh, I would say for me, I like, uh, I like Lamello. M- M- I like, play, uh, yeah. point guards. I like point guards who passed the ball. And I think he was definitely underrated coming to this, this draft. Uh, obviously, you know, he had the hype and uh, all that stuff from his dad and his brother, but I think he's the better of all the brothers of the, you know, and just the way he passed the ball and he's like six, seven, six, eight. I mean, he's, he's a big guard. Uh, he can see over the ball, and uh, he can shoot. I mean, so, I mean, it's, it's, I would take him for sure.
0: Yeah, I think he might be the best point guard in the league in the years to come. He's going to evolve into that. Uh, he might. Oh, yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah, for sure.
0: And to finish this off, um, I have to ask your honest opinion. Who's the best player of all time, LeBron or MJ? Uh,
1: I mean, you can't even – you just skipped over Kobe.
0: <laughs> okay, no, no, you, you got Kobe. I got Kobe as my three.
1: Uh, I would say, I mean, you can't – I mean, right now, Kareem is the best, obviously. He's the okay. – he has the, the scoring title unless LeBron beats that this year or next year or whatever the case may be.
0: You would give it to Braun? Uh
1: if he beats Kareem, yeah, for sure. Oh he's, wow. He's, he's, a, he's the goat if he beats if he beats uh Kareem's record and if he wins a couple more championships. I mean, if he ties Jordan, then you you can't uh say he's under Jordan anymore. So I mean, that's just my take, but, you know,
0: no, I, I. I, <laughs> no, I agree with you. And I wanted to ask for my viewers just to know when is your third book coming out and where could we find any of your uh, books if we wanted to purchase them?
1: Yeah, so you can find them, find them on Amazon um, and you can also find them on my personal website, cjpins.com. And the third one's already out. Actually, it came out last August. Uh, so the first one is CJ's Big Dream. The second one is CJ's Big Project. And the fourth, third one is CJ's Big Moment. Oh, the fourth I'm one's working. coming out. For, yeah, I'm working on the fourth and now. So just trying to finish up some loose ends, and you know, and maybe maybe end of this year, maybe beginning of next year. I'm not sure yet.
0: So to Finn I ask all my guests this before I, I end the show. Um, th- number one, thank you for joining me. But what's one goal if uh, a year from now we would have a conversation? What's one goal that you have for your life post-career? For my life, uh
1: just to keep uh progressing, keep getting better. Um uh every day I wake up, I just try to be a better version of myself that I that I was yesterday. So just always get better, progressing, and, you know, and like I said, just getting better.
0: My guy, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate you. Um, I'm very excited to see how this year plays out for the record. Mm-hmm. I still think the Lakers could win it, but hey, <laughs> I just see him brawn too much in the finals. But I agree with All you and right. Nets are, are that team. Um, thank you so much for doing this for, for me. I, I appreciate you taking the time, Mr. CJ. No problem. Thank you, man. Hey, I appreciate you. You're the man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you.